And welcome to the inaugural episode of the NFFC pod. Here with uh, Liam Henshaw, is at Henshaw Analysis Analysis on Twitter. That's the one. And uh, George Harvey, just at George Harvey on just Twitter. Just my name, simple as. Simple as. <laughs> nice, how are we boys? Good weekend? Yeah, all right. Yeah, I think George had a better weekend than, uh, than us two. I was just sit up through and uh, watch Forest see Cardiff. But yeah, can't, com- can't complain. <laughs> Busy weekend yeah. at work. Great to watch football. But uh, George has definitely had the best weekend here, surely. No, it's, it's torture watching De Bruyne ping 50-yard passes, mate, across the field. It's, <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. I'd rather watch um, Ryan Yates and Cafu play. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't think there was a, a finish like Taylor's, was there? No, well, Bernardo Silva gave me a run for his money, but uh, no, Taylor's a master at that. Silva made him like, made him like an idiot, Taylor did. <laughs> so, boys, what do we think of the uh, the Cardiff performance from Forrest? Liam, I think you watched more of this one than, uh, than this Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I thought it was all right. It was one of them where it's a classic third-round cup game that no one wants. Another championship team, you know, don't particularly look forward to it. Uh, I didn't think we actually learned a lot from it. Um, a clean sheet unbeaten in six, two goals conceded, uh, including that game. Uh, Bond played relatively well, I thought, um, as well in comparison to his previous performances anyway. And obviously a lot of people have written him off after that. And then uh, sort of second half wasn't amazing. A lot of defensive work needed throughout that half. Warren and McKenna sh- showing uh, sort of what positive partnership they could potentially grow to be with, uh, as you sort of said on Twitter, that, while looking a bit more confident and uh, comfortable on the right-hand side of defence as well. Yeah, if there was anything to take out of the game, it's probably that, wasn't it? The McKenna and Wild. Definitely, definitely 100%. George, did you get to see much of the game? No, well, I watched the highlights. I listened to Colin Frey and Steve Hodge on the M6. But um, I was, to be fair, when I seen the team selection, I was surprised because I thought he'd go with Ember So, to be honest. But... I look at it back now and think that it would have been so beneficial. It's so beneficial seeing Warren and McKenna play games yeah. together because they're not sure how many they've started this season or played together. But I think going forward, <clears throat> they're definitely the first choice defensive pairing. And I also was very pleased to see Jenkinson and Bong, and especially Bong as well, because you know, we talk about, I think he got written off after that Charlton game last year or last season, sorry. And, uh, you know, he got. I think every time he's stepped foot on the pitch since, okay, not a lot, but he's been written off. And you know, he did well for that goal and all, you know, all round solid performance. But as Liam said, you know, it's one of them games where you just want to get through, no injuries, give fringe players a bit of a run out. And again, the stats don't lie six unbeaten, another home win. You know what? It's best off me going to Manchester every weekend because every time I go, <laughs> don't go to Forest at home, they win. So I won't be going next week. But no, a lot, a lot of positives to take. And you know, if they lost it, then you know it's all about building the winning mentality at this kind of point Forest are in at the minute. I agree with that. I think I was speaking to a lot of people on Twitter, and I was sort of saying, you know, what sort of changes would people want to make? And actually, you two lads, and I think at first thought I was like, well, you know, let's just you know give the fringe players a run out. Let's try and give them a little bit of fitness and potentially a bit of confidence so they can come on and, and impact the second half of the season. You know, I think uh, I think Chris was particularly disappointed with uh, Mighton not playing a full 90 as were probably a lot of fans, which isn't ideal. I mean, he come on and got and got most of the second half. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see Jenkinson and, and Bong and, and those get a little bit of a run out while still sort of maintaining that core and, and strength area of the team. Um, I thought Jenkinson didn't particularly do a lot again in his performance. Um, he almost seems like he's a right centre-half. I can't almost have him as a right-back. He doesn't particularly do anything in a forward sort of sense. He he gets up the pitch and looks to play the ball sideways. He's quite big. He'd probably be better as a right centre-half than a right-back, I think. But but yeah, uh, there's a few positives. Uh, not a great game, but a win, clean sheet, uh, something to take from it and, and go forward to the next game. Yeah, with uh, with Mitten as well, I was probably just glad he got as long as he did in the end. Uh, came yeah. on quite early, didn't he? In the yeah, night. that's true. That's very true. 
Yeah. And I think, um, and thinking the McKenna Warrell partnership, I was, I was like you, George, I thought probably so would play, but thinking of that, that those two haven't had, they've been out injured, haven't they? So they've not had loads of footballers. So it's probably, it's probably worthwhile putting them both in, mm-hmm. uh, get them a bit more football and obviously get that partnership going. I was surprised there wasn't a few under. Sorry, I was, I was surprised there wasn't a few um, young lads on the bench. Though, to be honest, as well, you know, when you talk about obviously Swan was on the bench, Martin was on the bench, but I thought it might have been a good chance for Canate to come into the bench. Yeah, um, and Naya maybe. Do you think that's just squad size though? Just because? Yeah, I guess so. We got to keep those. Yeah. Got to keep players like yeah. Jenkins and Bong. Probably got to yeah, keep them suppose, sort of happy. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. don't want a bomb squad again, do we? <laughs> no, not <laughs> more <laughs> you, I think they've got about 30 first team players in the books. They're saying that, yeah, you're probably right. But, um, you know, we've, you know, they see the likes of Grubb and, and, you know, the players who didn't make the squad. It shows how big your squad is when you, you know, you haven't got the likes of Grubb and Basher and yeah. Freeman. Thoughts didn't make it. Colback. It just shows how, yeah. so yeah, it shows how big the squad is. But I suppose that's the positives. One of the few positives having such a big squad, you can make them change and still look all right. Yeah, a uh, little stat from the game for you. McKenna won uh, 80% of his duels and uh, Worrell with 72. So I think they, they both had some. Yeah, yeah, definitely take that. And I was put, put together some pass match in the game and it was a clear theme that sort of both were trying to play through play through the lines and stop getting the ball into midfield in forward areas. Definitely limited success. I think uh, McKenna played a lot more and it looked like he, he could definitely do that on that left side. Um, but just had a bit of a mixed success. But that's definitely going to be a, be a common theme going forward, I would imagine. Yeah, we saw that first half, didn't we? They, were, they both sort of felt looked quite happy to step out of defence and play with the ball and Worrell on that right-hand side. If he's not got anything inside, he can just pop it to, the, to his right with his and, right and, foot. And that's just the beauty of actually Worrell playing on the side that he should be playing on because it yeah. just gives you that sort of angle where you are able to then just play the ball out of danger rather than being stuck there with the ball on your weak foot. Uh, you know, your passing, passing lane's gone. It's, it's not ideal, but definitely yeah, looks probably, a lot more. Yeah, a great bit of the game, that. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Transfers then, boys. We're in January now. Um, and the rumour mill has started and uh, we've got, got a bit of a social media whiz, bit of a bit, bit of a guy here in Mr. George Harvey to, to sort of yeah. round us up with some of the, some of the latest rumours. He seems to have his uh, finger on the pulse uh, regarding <laughs> a lot of things like that. So uh, yeah, talk, busy, talk, busy. talk us through the names mentioned, George. I mean, to be fair, a lot of it's been mentioned by... Bigger newspapers, isn't it? Oh, bigger like John Percy and them, and you know Paul Taylor and stuff. Um, obviously, the first, I think the first moment we saw this month was Ianu moving on, uh, moving on. Um, I, I reported that the day before. I knew he was going there. And to be fair, I was surprised to see that Huddersfield wanted him as well. Um, mm. That's what I understand. I believe Huddersfield wanted to take him on loan because I think they've got obviously Harry Toffolo at left back. But my colleague Alfie, who does a lot of Huddersfield work. Um, he said that uh, Corbran, their manager, sees Tolbrand, uh, Toffolo as a centre-back as well. So I think he needed someone like Ayan who can cover left-back. I think um, that's interesting. Just to jump in there, uh, sort of, it's interesting that such a forward-thinking, sort of modern coach sees Yanu as, as that kind of player who could play that role and yet he's not really being given a chance at Forest. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. If you look at Yanu's uh, metrics, he could... He shows up very well for the limited minutes he's actually played, so it doesn't surprise me that Carlos has probably had a look at him. To be fair, yeah, the thing is, uh, the thing. I mean, obviously, he made five appearances before. I think one came under Sabri, and four came under Chris Hutton. And the first thing I saw, I think his debut was Bristol City at home. And the first thing I noticed about him is what a left peg he's got. Yeah, and what a cross he's got on him. Um, and I, I, to be fair, I feel sorry for him because obviously, picture of that red card at Luton. Um, which was a fairly, oh, you know, controversial yellow or red. But um, and since then, obviously, Ribeiro's coming in. He's not really put a foot wrong. So, and yeah. at his age, twenty-five, you know, is a thing. You know, he's got to play football. And um, obviously, he only arrived on a, what was it three or four year deal in the summer. So it's a bit, you know, looks a bit weird from that point of view. But um, I don't, I don't believe there's an option to buy. So that it's interesting. Yeah, Forest. That's what. That's what's. That's been reported, and that's what I believe as well. And I think Houston said in his post-match comments, I think it was yesterday, um, or it might be in his pre-match, but he said um, he, he can have a, t- have a he can have a good look at how Wiano gets on in Greece, 
and then at the end of the season he might come back and you know work his way back into plans. Probably unlikely at the minute, but that's um, interesting. I feel like he's one that we definitely shouldn't be writing off. Like you said, Chris, you know he, he comes up well on data. Is is a big lad. He looks the sort of typical modern day fullback. Big, athletic, can win aerials, can put balls in the box, create chances. He, he's definitely someone that we should be shouldn't be writing off and, and could have a future. And I just want to say to anyone that's sort of been across my Twitter looking at the contract situations, I'm not going to bother, even bother going off transfer marks again because they've got so many of them wrong. It's a joke. <laughs> they, they, I think yeah. they, were, they were saying that Yanu is only on a one-year deal. I was like, you, you don't pay a fee for someone if you're only going to sign him on a one-year deal. It's just, yeah. No, but no. anyway, I digress. Uh, who else would be in it with uh, George? Um, well, just one more outgoing. Obviously, Tendai Dirik has been told he can leave, and that's what I understand as well. There's a lot of League One interest in him. Um, obviously, he's not been playing. Well, he hasn't played all last season. I don't think he's played since March 2019. So he could be one that leaves. Not a surprise because he's just not. You know, he's not been named named in the matchday squad under Hutton. And I suppose when you've been out of action for so long, it's hard to work your yeah. way back into someone's plans. Um, you know, he didn't play under Sabrin. You know, he's come back on the back of a very serious injury. But that's in that's in terms of outgoings. Obviously, incomings has been I've not heard anything of yet. I know that obviously Grisicki and Krivinovic are the two West Brom players who are on Forrest's radar. Whether they get him or not is a different story. But um I'm sure we're touching that more as we go along than this. But um, you know, Grisicki's one that obviously didn't happen in the summer and you'd expect Forrest to get back in for him. And Kovinic, which is an interesting one, because obviously he 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 moved to West Brom mainly for Slavan Bilic because his nationality and stuff like that. And now he's gone. It makes you wonder: has he got a future under Sam Adice? Probably not. But um, you know, they definitely need to bring in, and obviously Ben Whiteman as well. We we'll probably touch on. So I think creativity and attacking options definitely needed this month. One hundred percent agree with that, especially in midfield. You know, we've. How often week in, week out, we sat here, sat here or on, on social media sort of talking about the lack of progressive and forward-thinking midfielders, obviously. I think Yates has shown signs of that throughout the season, I think it's fair to say. Probably early doors when he was given a bit more licence to, to get forward into the opposition half. He seems to be playing a more of a deeper role uh, since Houston's come in and he, kind of, he sees him as sort of the anchor of that midfield, which is... Which is fair enough, but his passing distribution upon last season's numbers has, has improved from sort of forward uh, passing and passing accuracy across across uh, numerous metrics. But um, yeah, we, we definitely need reinforcement in that area, and I think uh, every every championship club uh, is is either being linked to or wants Ben Whiteman, which is completely understandable given sort of the player he is and the reputation he's built up at Doncaster Rovers over the past. Uh, past season and a half, uh, two years. Yeah, it didn't look like we were going to be in for him, did it? But uh, Paul Taylor reporting this this morning that we probably... You love, to, you love to wake up to that sort of news, <laughs> don't you? You do, that just makes your Sunday morning a lot better. Yeah. Um, you, you've been having a bit of a closer look at him. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Done, done some uh, visuals on him on Twitter. Like I said, you can catch him on, on sort of normal handles, but sort of overview of him is that he's typically a progressive and forward-thinking uh, passer as has kind of just said what, what exactly what we need. You know, he gets on the board, can spray the ball forward, Diags, uh, 50 yards, as sort of you tweeted out earlier, saying uh, we can we could watch this all day. Uh, does the simple stuff well as, as well. You know, he, he ranks among the best uh, over the last uh, 12 months in, in League One in terms of uh, progressive passing as well, as opposed to just uh, forward passes, which is great. Um, he is top 10 for sort of defensive duels won. Uh, so not only can he get on the ball and create and, and sort of get the play going and dictate, he does that defensive role and would definitely slide in well into a sort of a 4 2 3 one that uh, Chris Hewton and every Forest manager seems to love playing. Uh, so he fits into that system well. Uh, and then even on sort of possessing adjusted uh, interceptions and sliding tackles, you know, he, he shows up well for that sort of defensive data as well. Um, and yeah, 100% would be sort of the the player that everyone should be excited about. I mean, I'm trying to keep myself very level-headed and think, you know, it's it's probably not going to happen uh, just because there's so many other teams and, and teams probably who 
who are closer to sort of building their team and squad and can kind of say to them, you know, you're the last piece of a jigsaw, you would get you in and want a real push for next season. Uh, which obviously Forrest will be saying to him, you know, saying we want to get a, get forward and have a have a push for promotion and playoffs next season. But um, but at the moment, you know, we've realistically still got a relegation battle on our hands. Um, although we, you know we're turning the form around a bit, it's, it might be a hard sell to him. What's uh, what's your two's take on him? Yeah, well, I've, I'm a bit like you. I don't want to get too excited, but then I look at who else it looks like they're in for him, and it's Preston and QPR now. Preston have not been splashing the cash recently. They're trying to offload a lot of their better players who they don't want to give big contracts to. So I'm just thinking, I think we'd be the one that would offer him the most money at this point out of those three. Now, obviously, like you say, I don't know if anyone, anyone else is in for him as well. I'd imagine some teams higher up the league should be looking at him. Also, like Watford, even maybe Bournemouth probably don't need him as much as other teams do. Yeah, maybe teams like Stoke. Um, but yeah, I definitely think... What, what sort of prize do you think? Well, well this is, there was a plenty of ding-dongs around today. There was some, <laughs> some very unhappy Doncaster fans mm. on, on social media saying, no, you, imagine, yeah. you know, you're, not, you're not having him. He's not going to achieve him. They were livid. Absolutely livid. When they're, I lucky, to, they're lucky to keep hold of him this long. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I retweeted that and I stayed the thought. I was just <laughs> yeah. at the hotel room, like... <laughs> I know, I was just like, what's going on here? Uh, anyway, chatting to a few of them, they're, they're thinking three three to four million. Um, you know, we know now with sort of the the work permit issue with signing players from abroad, those English players and homegrown players are going to have more of a premium on them now. You know, we, saw, we know that's a thing for sort of championship players stepping up to the Premier League. It's now going to be a thing for sort of those uh, League One, League Two players who are stepping up into the high divisions as well. Um, he's got a contract for, is it another two and a half or three years as well, I think? Yeah, um, I was looking that up. Um, transfer market, not great on that either. They they seem to think 2021, but obviously I don't think that's the case. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's one of them. He will be going some saying, you know, look, I've played to this level, been the best player in this league. Um, it, he, he probably will leave. I would expect it to be of a fee of two to four million off the top of my head. Um, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to touch on a bit on him a bit more. I don't think, I think he's got weaknesses. Like, I don't think he's the quickest. He's not, he's not going to get, he'll, he'll back play up and score a few goals. He likes to pop, pop up on the edge of the box. Uh, but I don't think he's the quickest. I don't think he's going to keep getting box to box to box. So I think we're going to need a lot of legs around him as well. Um, I think Yates, he's, I think Yates can, can get there, can do that. So I wouldn't worry about that too much, especially if we can put in some more youngsters next to him as well. And he's still 24, so good age. It's going to keep improving, isn't he? Well, yeah, 100%. So, 20, 24 is a great age. You know, like I said, he's invested for the future. He's, he's going to have another another four to six years at sort of this sort of level. And I, I think it represents a forward-thinking, positive sign in the forest if they were able to get it. Again, trying to hold that uh, hold that excitement in. Uh, is one of, obviously, a, a few players that potentially we, we would like or want to look at, but he's sort of the first real solid link and, and would be a good addition and welcome addition to the team, I think. Uh, so, George, where else do you think we should be looking to add? Uh, maybe, like you, you were saying earlier, in an attacking wide role? Yeah, um, obviously a lot's been said about Sriki Dembele um, over the last, well, he's been linked with Forest a couple of times, but um, over the last few weeks he's handed in a transfer request at, um, at Peterborough. Um, he's a player that really interests me. I mean, I remember, I've known, I've known about him for three or four years now because he, he, he left the Nike Academy and went to Grimsby. So I've seen him a lot when he played against Notts County. Um, he went to Grimsby and was more of a out-on-out wide right player got the ball, a bit of a talisman, got the ball, got to the byline, crossed in. But since moving to Peterborough, especially under Darren Ferguson, he's been one of these players who can, because obviously different systems, he can play on the left. I think that's his primary primary position now. And he's also been um, played through the middle. Um, he's got five goals and five assists in League One this season. Um, and he's probably one of the best attacking players in League One. I don't know how Peter managed to do it because he just seemed to pluck out a gem from nowhere and turn him into the their next. That their like, record of signing forwards is just ridiculous, really. It is. It is. Dwight Gale, Sombolonga, Mario and people like that. Um, 
But no, I think he's a, he's a player that Forrest could definitely do with. And I think, obviously, a winger is definitely needed this month. Um, I, I just think what separates him from what Forrest have got at the minute is that, OK, Knockhart and Amiobi are currently the, the regular uh, wide players who start. And Knockhart's one of them players who likes to stick to the sideline. It, it, it's almost like he's glued to the sideline and he likes to cut in on his left-hand side. The thing is, when you do that, and what I've seen a lot this season when you watch him, is that the opposition just put a fullback on him, about two or three yards away from him, and he's stuck because he, he, he can't go past him. So he's just got to cut inside. And then when you, you know, it's hard for him to break, play down. That's probably why we haven't seen the best knockouts, to be honest, because, or not in terms of goals and assists, because, you know, it, it makes it very hard for him. But I think Dembele is a narrow inside forward, and I think it's different to Amiobi on that side in the sense that he could probably sit a bit. Um, narrower so in between the sideline and the middle and almost play as a second striker mm-hmm. so I think his movement's very impressive I know you've done a few graphics on him um, there might be a heat map on there or whatever but I just think he's the type of player who could sit in them pockets um, slightly narrower than Amiobi normally does and get really close to Taylor and for whoever starts grabbing or Taylor um, and either score or create chances himself but as you said about Whiteman, his signature is going to be highly contested. I think Celtic and Rangers have been linked with him. Mm. Obviously, since the transfer request, he's going to have plenty of interest because, well, you're basically being told that you can sign him if you match a Peterborough's value. So, yeah. um, so it'll be a real a massive statement of intent um, if Forrest got him because you talk about Forrest League position. Okay, they're a big club, but you know Rangers and Celtic are after him. I think I've seen a couple of Premier League clubs interested in him. So can Hewton sell? For his vision to him, we have to wait and see. But no, quality of play, I'm sure you have a lot more to say on him than I do. Yeah, it's, it's probably not one that we're going to get on the cheap if we get in, are we? Uh, no, well, they're a clever club, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they're very clever, especially when, know. especially sell, you know, selling and sort of the history between us and them isn't particularly uh, mm. great after the old uh, George uh, Boyd debacle many, many years ago. Um, but, but anyway, I digress. You hit the nail on the head there. I think he's one that I'm definitely not expecting Forrest to sign sort of the competition that, that are in and around him. Um, actually spoke a bit to uh, the Posh Report on, on Twitter regarding him, sort of getting a bit of a scout report and sort of the general consensus of him is that he's a great dribbler, uh, good, uh, probably one of the best in League One, uh, manipulates the ball well. As you said, George, you know, he comes into that sort of hard space and kind of links that play up between the midfield and the uh, and the forwards, um, which would definitely benefit Forrest massively, as we've seen quite a lot this season. Even when we've been playing with a number 10, you know, we, we struggle to do that quite a lot in games. Um He's quick, you know, uh, agile, got great acceleration. He does have weaknesses, as, you know, people playing in League One do, but he's got a lot of talent. His decision-making can let him down at times, um, and he can blow hot and cold in games. Uh, but, yeah, typically, he, you know, I, I would say that he looks too early for a Premier at this stage of his career. You know, he's 24. He could probably come in and have a couple of good seasons, either the SPL or the Championship, and then potentially get that move. Um like I said, he needs to improve that decision-making and consistency, but uh, would definitely step up well to the SPL or Championship. Um, Posh Report was telling me that his uh, family uh, are based in Scotland and they all live up there. So the, the sort of the glamour move to either a Rangers or a Celtic could be a big pull, being close to a family. And, you know, sort of the highlights of being uh, in Europe, I think it's a good league for sort of, these sort of players developing, you know, there's not a great deal of, uh, of pressure, go up there, kind of get a job done um, in a relatively strong team that will dictate. So I, I would expect Celtic or Rangers to, to probably get him and, or go in for him. Uh, but 100% Forrest should be looking at him. Uh, shows up well for all your classic sort of creative stats, non-penalty XG, XA. Uh, dribbles and offensive uh, duels is, is bang up there, probably top in League One. Um, and uh, attacking actions and, and progressive runs, you know, he's that kind of player that likes to get the, get on the ball and make things happen. And as you said, he's, he's that type of player that, that Forrest don't have a great deal of. Forrest have wingers who like to get on the ball and uh, sort of not get past and, and beat a man that likes to come inside and, and kind of work their opportunity as opposed to, to, to getting in behind those defences, which I think uh, Dembele could, could do well for, for Forrest. He's been replaced with him as well, didn't he? Sorry, Chris. He's, he's, is, that, uh, is it Karamoko? Is that his brother, is it? Yeah. 
Right. I think he was the one who made his debut for Celtic at about yes. 15 or 16. Yes, 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be a factor, but you never yeah. know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think we need a, a player like Ben Whiteman in before we get a player like Dembele to get him on the ball, higher up the pitch, where, where he can hurt teams? Because we've seen Knockhart, he, he's not getting the ball in the right areas at the minute, is he? We've seen Amiobi coming deep, not getting the ball in the right areas. Every time Lolly gets it, it feels like he's got to beat three players. Yeah. To be able to do something to get in that area, to do something. We need that Ben Whiteman player yeah. to progress us up the pitch. So we're getting our getting our wide creative players in better positions when they're actually on the ball. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, and I think uh, probably those two have been quite outspoken in sort of terms of the system that, that Forest are playing. Now it's you know it's not particularly conducive to to use Forest wide players who are their most creative players playing a four two three one when you quite a deep block anyway, and then you have those. Uh, midfielders who aren't particularly progressive, it, it doesn't fit well for the system we want to play. And you know, we would like to see Forest potentially play a four-three-three again with a single pivot. Um, obviously, it didn't it didn't go amazingly when we played it last time. But I do think that particularly in sort of the FA Cup, I would have liked to have seen us play that yesterday and and given that another go. But uh, but yeah, four-two-three-one. If that's what we're going with, we need to definitely get that um, that more progressive midfielder in. Um, and as you say, that that will probably help with the forward players and getting them having better output and more creativity from them as well. I think Bashiru can do that role, but obviously it doesn't seem like he can get fit. I don't yeah. know if you've heard, heard if he's back in time soon, George, or is he close? I think he's been back in training for the last couple of Has weeks, he? to be honest. Okay. Um, I've seen, I, if you, I think if you're saying that, actually, I think if you look in the training video, they put on, but I think he was back in, might have been before the... Last week, um, anyway, I think it might have been Preston or before then, but he had a hamstring problem, didn't he? So whether I don't know why he's not been playing. If he, if he's back in training, I don't see why he hasn't been. It's been a long, long time, hasn't it? You know, he's yeah. as is Blackett. Like, yeah, Black. Yeah, Blackett. He, seems... he was on the bench at Cardiff oh, game, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, another position I've been looking at um, as we're talking about tactics and how we've got attack at the minute. We're attacking so much down, um, especially through the right back area, the full back area especially through Christie. So I was wondering if we were, if we, we could maybe look at bringing a, a full-back in to push Christie on a bit more. I don't think Jenkinson's going to push him for his spot. No. Especially, especially with Hume wanting to play an attacking full-back. Uh, absolutely zero around, chance. I don't, think, I don't think Jenkinson's got an attacking bone in his body, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I agree 100%. It's, it's definitely an area that we should be looking at. Obviously, we've got a couple of young lads out on loan. Um, who, who potentially could come in and start making a, a form of the a choice for the first team right back, potentially back up the next season in sort of uh, Gabriel um, more so anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah I've got Jaden Richardson as well. Yeah, of course. Apparently yeah. doing really well on uh, 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 on loan at Forest Green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Um, this is the thing. I, I don't particularly think it's an area that Forest will want to go and spend a huge amount of money in to recruit, mm. especially whilst paying probably uh, relatively big wages for the Christie. Um, and you know, whilst we've still got those potential young players to come through and uh, and knock on the door for the next season opportunity, I think this might be one probably for the summer potentially, um, yeah. depending yeah, on what happens. Right. But. Uh, but I agree, it's definitely an area that Forrest should be looking at. Who who we, who we have in mind uh, specifically? Well, I was I've, I've been a huge fan of uh, Josh Emmanuel at Hull for the last couple of years. Um, he was at Bolton last season um, and left on a free. And I was shocked that no Championship club picked him up. Very good player, uh, loves to attack, um, averaging twice as many dribbles as Christie, um, at a similar success rate. Averaging 0.1 expected assists per 90, which is slightly above Christie, um, but really a progressive attacking fullback and um, but defensive metrics, which is brilliant as well. Uh, one of the best uh, defensive defensively in the, in the league as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I know you did you did a did a little. Uh, yeah, it seems like and... I've been doing uh, visuals on everyone recently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the right time being put into it. I tell you that. Every um, <laughs> I know. I, I've never, I've never watched so much League One in my life. 
Uh, Don't blame but uh, but yeah, no. Emmanuel comes up uh, well on all the metrics, as you said. Uh, starting defensively, uh, sort of Jules Warner and uh, and Jules Penanti. I think he is almost top of top of the table for the sort of that metrics in terms of their right backs uh, from this season. Um, he's at five, I think he's about five foot nine, five foot eight. So he's not particularly big, but his build, like just even the picture I used on this visual, he's sat there. It's like a Dharma yeah. kind of muscles. He's, <laughs> he's a he's a proper athlete, and again, sort of a modern day fullback. Whilst he might not be the tallest, he's a real athlete, and it's definitely the type that Forest uh, should be looking for when or if we decide to recruit for a right back. Again, as you said, the, I think he's definitely top of the charts for dribbles per 90. Um, and then he's similarly uh, as high for sort of offensive duels. So actually getting in and trying to beat a player as, as well as dribbling. Um, his key passes per 90 from right back. Again, I think he's second top for that. And then actually in terms of his, uh, his crossing frequency and accuracy as well, he, uh, he surpasses... Um, he surpasses Christie, not in terms of uh, crossing frequency, but his actual accuracy is uh, is quite high. So you're thinking, well, you know, if he does play in this sort of Houston system, who apparently lives to cross the ball, uh, especially from fullback, then uh, then yeah, he could potentially be a good option who who would meet that criteria for Houston. Yeah, do you think um, with Houston, obviously loves to focus his attacks with the fullbacks pushing on, especially when we're playing two DMs at the minute. Do you think he will look? to bring in a, a right back in the summer instead of uh, blooding in the youngsters, just because it's such a big position for us. Yeah, uh, if, like it, we saw with the video I put out um, of Christian Ribeiro's you know, lack of crossing ability. Uh, it, it, we need them to be firing consistently, don't we? And it seems yeah. like Christian's gone off the boil a bit and it, and it, it really harms us going forward. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think you dug out a good start, which I didn't even notice after that uh, Preston game in terms of, what was it, a zero XA from his last six or seven? I think it was, um, yeah, zero uh, expected assists from eight of the last nine games. Yeah, Uh, that was the one. It absolutely infuriates me. You know, know, when every time last year, so I've watched Forest last year at the games, every single time Matty Cash got on that overlap, he'd Mm. find it he'd put a good ball into the box. He wouldn't get clear front man. It wouldn't be out for a goal kick. Nine times out of ten, he'd find it. And I think in some ways, Forrest, we've been spoiled by having Matt Cash last year. Yeah. Just seeing a £60 million player go to Aston Villa mm. and absolutely smash it in the Prem. And we brought in, okay, he's not a bad player, Christy. I mean, he's been there and done it one promotion before, but he's crossing. It's, it's like he doesn't look up and look for a player in the box. So, and we're definitely using Christie more than we use Cash. Uh, I looked up because yeah. that's what I was thinking. I looked up the numbers that Christie is receiving the ball thirty times a game. Cash only received it twenty-two last season. Do you, think, do, you, do you actually think we use Cash enough when we had him last season? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You do ask the question, that, don't you? But it almost—I'm trying to think. It's probably because majority of the sort of the the high points of last season did come through Cash. Mm-hmm. So you know, trying to think. As a whole, it I, it felt like a lot of the play last season all went through cash, mm. but but obviously the numbers don't lie, and yeah, but clearly we didn't. Obviously, yeah, I, d- I definitely felt like some games I was sort of I was urging us to just use lolly and cash constantly. Mm. And the, it was the partnership that they had built up as well, wasn't it? Sort of lolly coming inside with cash overlapping, mm-hmm. and the understanding that they had with each other is definitely sort of not the thing that we've seen. Christian Lockhart or Christian Lolly or uh, whoever's playing on the right-hand side sort of build up that partnership and it's definitely something that we need to start getting back to and you, with the way we play, you know, Christy, although he's not the quickest, he's still quite mobile and, and, and fit to, to get up and down the pitch and sort of overlap the uh, the inverted winger, which would clearly suit Forrest well with, uh, with Lockhart and, and Christy, but but yeah, it doesn't seem to be gelling. Um, he, he does seem to have been off the ball the last couple of games. Uh, wondering whether it's particular fitness. Someone raised that question the other day. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, you know, he's he's played pretty much every game for Forest since he's come in. He's played, I think he played in those Irish internationals because he had an absolute mare at Wembley, didn't he? I think he did. Um, so, you know, is that a factor? I don't know. I, guess, I suppose, you know, he's had the week off. Uh, he's had the week off this week against uh, Cardiff. So, see how he comes in and does against Millwall, I guess. Yeah, we touched on uh, Lolly a bit there. Do we think uh, he's starting to come back to a bit of form? George, how is he looking live? Because I, I feel like 
out of everyone, he put the most into last season. Um, and he did a lot of work. Uh, I remember going to that terrible Charlton game that we, we spoke about. And uh, he was just trying to do everything by himself. And he was absolutely knackered towards the end of that game. Do we yeah, still I mean, think he's feeling yeah. the effects physically from last season? Yeah, I mean, he's had a few. He's had a few injury problems, hasn't he? I mean, it was all speculated that it was to do with shin splints, but it, uh, he, I think he came out and said it's nothing to do with. I think it's more of a muscle problem in his in his right. ankles or joints down his leg. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm glad. Same, I'm glad you're a physician here, mate, and understand. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, no, I'm glad I'm not a doctor. But, oh, yeah. um, but no. I think last season he, he did look, and to be fair, parts of probably this season as well. He did look quite fatigued, but I think when he does come off, the, when he does come off the bench, obviously any sub makes an impact because you've got fresh legs. But he does look a lot sharper and quicker. And I think to be fair, when he's come off the, when he's come on as a sub recently, he's been used more centrally. I've noticed. Mm. He, it might, uh, I think it might be in the, and it won the last home games. All go so quick, don't they? Because um, someone has schedule, but. He does look a lot quicker. I think I tweeted about that once, actually. He looks a lot quicker, a lot sharper and a lot fitter. Um, but there is that issue. I, I don't know if their muscle problems ever go away at all. Or No, so I think he had injections for him in the summer, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that seemed, I think he has to have them. I think he's had them once in his mm. career at another point. So I think it's something that he has to have continuous treatment for, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it was, again, it, it took him a while to get going last year as well. You know, when you look at how he did under Karenka in the 18-19 season, he got, I think he might have got double, uh, double figures for each goals and assists. And it took him a, a little while to get going last year. And I think it was a goal at Stoke that kind of kick-started everything. It might have been one against Birmingham as well. Um, so, it, it, again, it speaks volumes about how big and how probably how good on paper, and I hate the word on paper, but how big and, you know, how big the squad is on paper when Lolly can't get a game and likes to knock out and you know you've got Amir being knock out as well. So bringing in bringing in someone like Dembele might in turn get the best out of him and give him a bit of a kick up the backside mm-hmm. um, because it's another wide player who could add serious competition in that area of the pitch. Interesting. Mm. Just uh, touching on uh, what you said there about Amiobi, you know he's one of a multitude of players of Forest to with not got very long left on the contracts at all. You know, uh, there's been a lot of talk. Um, I think Grant, who's uh, someone who's quite active on Twitter, uh, has come out today and sort of spoke about sort of who would who would he see as surplus requirements. And uh, just interested to get your two views on that. And who who would you see going in the summer? And who would equally who would you want to sign on the contract again? Yeah, is it Amiobi contract up in the summer? Yeah, Amiobi is in the summer, Sal's in the summer. Deal, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Sal's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he's, he's been a pretty important cog in the team for the last uh, two seasons, really. Um, 100%. How many games have won when he's played? But then again, he struggles with struggles to stay fit and he's, uh, he's not getting any younger. So do you keep him? He's probably one where you, you have to look at after this January transfer window, who do we bring in? If we bring in a sort of a Ben Whiteman or a central midfielder, you could probably let him go. It's that and it's sort of looking, I think his situation is almost dependent on sort of the poor recruitment of uh, Colbat and uh, and Arta, sort of Arta giving him a ludicrous three-year deal is just just stupid. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we brought just, in two midfielders, and you'd probably say that Sal and Yates are probably going to be the, yeah, the pair that's so. going to move forward. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then, obviously, with how uh, Hush Hush uh, Colback's contract was, I think I went around everyone on Twitter and said, Does anyone have a clue sort of how long his contract <laughs> yeah. is? Uh, again, someone made a good point to me on Twitter today saying that um, it could be one of them that the finances are spread out across uh, multiple years because obviously it was a free agent. And I think that's how the uh, the ward deal was done quite a few years ago. Um, and that could, that could play a factor. So, uh, yeah, I, I, unfortunately for Sal, I think his situation depends on how fit he is come the end of the season, how much he's played, who we bring in, and also sort of, do do Colback or Arter or those players who we don't see as probably just being those fringe players, do they want to move on or go elsewhere as well? I think Ribeiro's got six months left as well, which isn't uh, ideal after oh. you've just sent your other left back out on loan and then you've got Bong left in the club. So, um, 
I'd be, I'd, you know what, I'd be bowling, sir. I think only one or two will get offered new deals. I'm looking at it now. Dawson's out of contract. I think he might. The thing is, is with Dawson is that he's obviously had his injury problems, but he's been fit for the last few weeks and barely featured on the Houghton. So whether they offer him a coaching capacity role, you yeah. know, but you look else, Hef, you, you've got three players there who will definitely go. Heffler, Diallo, Clough. Diallo's probably out of contract. Um any of this season, never seen him. I've seen him in the stands, but I've never <laughs> seen him in training or anything like that. I, I, it's just, it's very interesting actually. You know, when you're there, you see him in the stands and you just see him sat on his own. And yeah, like, it's very telling, isn't it? I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Heffler, don't see him at ground. Clough's got to go because you know no one's going to buy him this month. You would imagine Derek Kerr as well. If he's not gone, you know, if a League One club doesn't complete a deal, although I think that seems to be in the pipeline. Um, it'll go anyway so you've got three or four players there but um, I think Amiobi needs to show more in these next few months um, I think there's that but also we'll say one of the lads who I work with he's got quite a few friends who are Bolton fans when we signed him when the deal came through I was like what on earth like you know yeah. it, it seemed like he was just going to be a squad player that we signed on a free would come in and do a few bits but actually I think like he has been relatively impressive he's been he's played quite a lot of minutes for Forest over the last sort of 18 months specifically as well um, I would I feel like I'd be shocked if he doesn't get off the deal but I can also agree with the sentiment that I do feel like I, I always want more from him but I think that's just the character Amiobi is you know he's all he's very laid back I think I think if he was any more laid back it'd be horizontal oh, yeah. um, but but that's just the kind of character he is yeah, it's a typical O'Neill sign as well. I think he was the last sign under O'Neill, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, I think he was. Guy, but yeah, he's, he's the most, he's a, in the nicest possible way, because he was good last season, but he's the clumsiest footballer. <laughs> I probably, it, it almost seems like he just kind of, do you remember that dance he did? Well, not dance, but that step over a school he did at Leeds away. Yeah, I yeah. If, meant, yeah. if you'd ask him, but um, if he meant to do that, I, I don't know. But um, no, it, it seems to me that he always, whenever he does beat a man, it seems like he just does it in his stride. He doesn't like burst a sprint. It just seems like he just does it because of his size and he's just so hard to knock off the ball. But, um, you know, if they, bring, if they do bring in someone like Dembele and potentially you look at Brennan Johnson next year, is he, I don't know how old he's now, probably about into his, might be into his 30s or I'm, I'm not particularly sure on that one. He's certainly been around for a long time. Hasn't he? Sammy, yeah, he must be. Uh, 28. Yeah, he's so he been twenty-eight. Okay. Yeah, he's been around for years, hasn't he? So it makes you wonder: is he probably needed to be on this season? Um, it's probably a fifty-fifty one, isn't it? Depending yeah. on who we bring in, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, again, so we, we talk about sort of outgoings and George segue into another bit that wasn't on the agenda, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, sort of those lone players are out at the moment. Touch on the right backs a little bit. Thinking more about sort of um, Miguan and. Uh, a bit of uh, obviously Brennan Johnson uh, would we be expecting those to, to come back into the fold probably more so Brennan Johnson anyway I would have thought hopefully for next season hmm. yeah I, I like Brennan Johnson a lot I think he's a brilliant player um, obviously last season he played a couple of times under Lemieux I think he made 10 appearances in the midfield and I think it was a, it was a Derby Carabao Cup game which I really impressed but since going to Lincoln it seemed like he's moved uh, into a wider role, which yeah. clearly suits him because he's doing very well. Um, and I think if he did stay at number 10, you know how we saw last season with Carvalho where he played on the left wing an awful lot. I think Johnson's that type of player who Hewton would fit him in on the left-hand side, yeah. which I don't know if would be best for him. I think, for me, he's a centre midfielder and actually that's where he's come through uh, at Forest and that's where he's done well at Forest, and I know he's playing. You know, it's, I know he's playing wife Lincoln, but I just don't see. I, I'd like to see him more in a central impact things more centrally because we've seen mm. how the wide players can be not very impactful um, under. Do you, think, do you think he's a player again where we we need that Ben Whiteman type player in to get the best out of a number ten? Like if, I think if we had Carvalho back and Ben Whiteman was feeding slick passes into in between the lines we'd get no, more out of Carvalho. Don't tease me. We've not even spoke about <laughs> Carvalho on this podcast. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, yeah. Honestly, you know, 
occasionally will post... I'm speaking about two players there that we've not even got at other yeah. club. Uh, yeah, White and Intercarvalia. Literally the most creative player Forrest <laughs> have had for the last sort of six, seven years isn't at the club. But um, I'm on the fence with, with Carvalho anyway. I've got different views on him. And I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of Forest fans do. But I occasionally post sort of updates and watch a bit of the Segunda and, uh, and Almeria. And I don't get interactions on other tweets like I do with Carvalho tweets. Just <laughs> Forest fans think he is the Messiah and think he's the second coming. He's a very good player, very creative. I don't get me wrong, he shouldn't be out on loan in the Segunda. But... Um, but yeah, that's just another story. I don't think we need to get in Carvalho on, on this on this show. Uh, not this week anyway. Well, I look at how we're playing at the minute and I still don't think if he was in this side that we'd be able to get the best out of him. No, we, no, 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 I don't. Cafu, we don't. I don't think we get Cafu, the ball, in between the lines enough. It's more get it out wide and Cafu's joining with his late runs into the box. Oh, you, it's a 4-3-3, single pivot. Cafu, Cafu is the eight. It's, it's very straightforward. Chris, if you... Yeah, Chris Houston, if you're listening, feel free to, to, to drop one of us a DM. We'll, we'll sort you out some tactics. No problem, mate. No problem. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to see that for three. I thought, I thought we were going to see it um, at the back end of that Cardiff game, but I think yeah. Cafu still pushed up. Yeah, no, Ka- yeah Cafu just went straight up alongside, yeah. uh, alongside Taylor, but it's one of those things. Um, again, so we, we touched on knockout earlier a little bit, didn't we? Um, just kind of get your quick views, a uh, hot take on that that loan extension, which obviously uh, went through the other day, George. Great news. Um, positive start to the month. Um, I think when he first signed, obviously a lot of expectations were placed upon him because obviously um, it was Hutton's first signing. Um, we'd only scored, you know, Forrest only scored one goal um, from the first four games, badly creating, uh, badly lacking creating chances. Um, and Knockhart's a player like many in this team, like Arter and Christie, blah, blah, blah. They've won promotion. He's done well at this level before, um, and especially under Hutton as well, which which adds a bit. Um, I know a lot of, I think probably every Forest fan will say we've not seen the best of um, Knockhart yet, but I think what you've also got to remember is the fact that, one, no footballer really had a good pre-season because of obviously everything that's going on in the world, and two, he didn't really feature for Fulham this season anyway. He was in and out of the team, more in it than out of it, to be fair, and, and back in the last season as well. Um, but I think as games go by, we're seeing him at his best. And I think it's no coincidence as well, whenever Forrest are playing well and creating chances, he's involved in it. Um, so he's it, just one of them players, you know, when he gets the ball at his feet, you just know he's got the confidence and the swagger to do something with it. Mm. Um, he's just one of them players it's rare to, rare to see that, you know, when he gets the ball, he just knows he's going to take a man on or he knows he's going to create something. He's an exciting player. Mm. Um, so hopefully, and the thing is as well, if there's any managers to get the best out of him, it's Hutton because he's done it before. So if there's any other manager managing Forrest a minute and he wasn't performing, then I don't think they would have extended his loan deal, to be honest. Yeah, but, there's one thing I noticed about him as well. I don't know if you see this when you watch him live. Um, defensively, puts a shift in as well. Hmm. Uh, some of the obviously, we, you know, wingers um, probably Amiobi doesn't get back as as much as he should, and put a good shift in. But he seems to be on it, helping out his fullback constantly. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I'm, we touched upon his relationship with Christie earlier. Um, I'm surprised it's not blossomed for him really, because obviously them hmm. two played it together last season a lot. So when you talk about Cash and Lolly's relationship, yeah, you know, Christie's a good point. Been, Chris, I guess they were they were both maybe a bit bit, bit part players last season. I, yeah, I don't think Christie yeah. played full full season, maybe eighteen hundred minutes something like that. Yeah, no, I think it was Dennis Adoy who played Adam quite a lot. Yeah, a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, so yeah, but no, so you know, I think it's a, it's a it's a positive start. I think regardless of his performances or not, it would have gave Forrest a massive a lot amount a lot of things to do this month because I think if he went back. That leaves Lolly, Amiobi and Maiten as the wingers. That means you would have had to bring in another winger as well as... And I think keeping Narcott is killing two birds with one stone because he's a good player, more to come, but also he's a winger that Forrest need. And they need to bring another one as well as him, I think. It's interesting as well. I think Fulham are probably more... Uh... Willing to sort of extend his loan, knowing that there's that option to buy as well. You know, with them being a firm, they want his wages off the book, probably want a bit of money and back in for him as well. Um, not saying that Forrest will necessarily go out and, and uh, sort of use that clause in the summer, um, but it's probably a, a playing factor as to why Fulham did want to, to, to send him on loan to his, uh, ex- extend it again. 
Um, just a couple of points from me on him. I think I'm probably most critical of him. Um, I think he's obviously a great player. You know, it's great to get that deal done, uh, having for the second half of the season. And no doubt he had quality that sort of no other Forest player has. I think he's up there behind uh, Freeman, who's only played nine games a season in the Championship for XA, uh, for 9C. Uh, key passes is more or less top on as well. Uh, similar figure Freeman, he's one player that we're not even spoke about really, who's who has not really had a much of a sniff with with sort of injuries and and being substituted early in games uh, for the start of the season. Um, this being said, I do find him a little bit frustrating at times, um, as as we all aware. But that's that's what creative players do. You know, they get on the ball and they try and make things happen. And I think probably in his early games, he was probably a little bit guilty of trying to force a play a little bit too much. Um, mm. But but you know, he, he's a player that Forest don't particularly have. You know, if you'd have said sort of a couple of seasons ago, Forest was signed a player like Knockart, you know, we'd have bitten everyone's hand off for him. So. Yeah. You know, he's a good player. Um, he's got a lot of fans and there's a lot of people who, who expect him to, to go on and do better things at Forest in the second half of the season. Yeah, I was delighted that we got him back. Um, definitely by him. I think uh, Fulham want close to what they close to yeah. him for him or something. No, I, I can't. I'm not, not going to no. get that. But... That yeah. would have caused a yeah. roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I could imagine. I would imagine that. It, it was one we just had to get back though. I mean, if Lolly picks up another injury, yeah. we're left yeah. really short. And we we might not get Krasicki in, looking like we probably won't now. I think he's one um, that we didn't particularly speak about uh, much earlier, just looping in with that. Uh, again, we're, we're, I'm interested to get your sort of views, because I think mine are sort of, you know, his his best form didn't didn't come last season. It come the season before, really. You know, you, you're talking sort of, Best part of two years ago that we saw the best version of Grzycki doing bits for, for Hull um, and then played a little bit for the, the West Brom last season, obviously. And um, I, I think it's it's a long time ago since they've rediscovered that sort of really good form. And I think it's a risky move to sign him. I think it would be a great addition, you know, he's experienced. Um, yeah. he, again, would add something to that forward line. But I... I think it's got question marks to the deal personally myself if, if, if that was if we were to go down that route. Yeah, I'm probably with you because like you say, if, if he was coming straight from Hull and his Hull form, you'd take him straight away. 100%. But he's been a bit part player at West Brom, not played much football recently. And if we're going to bring anyone in, we need someone who's fair in form and he's just going to hit the ground running, especially, especially where we are in the league. Yeah, let's be honest, we're in a relegation battle, aren't we? So. Yeah, it's that and as well, you know, players in January, you don't want to be signing players in January who haven't played much football or any football for the whole first half of the season because it's going to take them a month, a month and a half to get up to speed anyway as well. Yeah. I'd probably loan him. I, don't, I won't buy him. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I'd buy him because it'll be an... A bit, it'll, Basically, it'll be another thirty-two-year-old on decent money, mm-hmm. and he's not one for long term. And we, you know, we're discussing Whiteman, Dembele, Emmanuel. Um, these are all young players who've got a point to prove in their investments. Grzycki is not an investment. He's very. Don't get me wrong. He's making impact, um, and he's a, he's a good sign for the short term. And that's hence why I'd loan him because, and even maybe put that option to buy him because if he does do well, okay, give him a one-year deal, and they'll take him to his about 34, 33, 34. So um, I agree with you. Last season, he was still good for Hull, but it wasn't anywhere near as good as uh, the year before. And they all started to crumble for him when um, Bowen and Grisicki left, uh, crumble for Hull when they went down. But I remember that game at the City ground. It was, um, I think it was 2-1, wasn't it, Hull, uh, Tuesday night. Mm. And every time their keeper got the ball, straight to the flanks. Honestly, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. All they just hit, tried to do was hit Krasicki and Bowen. They left everyone for a corner, left everyone back, apart from uh, left everyone, left, brought everyone back, but left Bowen and Krasicki up there and just put yeah. them on him. And yeah. he's so he's very very fast, and I think that's what Forest do need someone who can pick the ball up, run at defenders because that just scares them. So, but the lack of game time is probably an issue as well. So it's fit one on the fence for me as well. Yeah. For sprinters. Uh, did I see? Was he reported that he was been linked to a move back to uh, his to Poland? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might be if you're talking about the latter stage of his career, because you know he's 32. If he's got one last swan song in, I think it's Legia Warsaw. He wants yeah. to him, so he might want to return home. And also, if he's got regular, he might be one of their good players. I'm not, I'm not too uh, <laughs> uh, clued up on the standard of Polish football, right? But um, 
if, if he goes there and does well, you've got to think about the Euro as well. You might be thinking, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's an excellent shout as well for a player like him. Yeah, very good shout. Um, so yeah, I think before we wrap this up, we'll have a bit of a chat about uh, sort of the next game, which is obviously next Saturday. Uh, Chris, you've got Millwall. Sort of, what's your what's your hot take on on the opposition and, and the game ahead? Yeah, well, I definitely say winnable. I watched them. Um, I watched them in the FA Cup against Boreham Wood yesterday. They did okay. Obviously, um, not much opposition in Boreham Wood, um, but they had um, they had Kenneth as a hall back. Uh, he made a big difference to them up front. They've been lacking a goal threat in the last few games. They've been they were they've been pretty poor to be honest. Coventry game they were they were awful apart from the penalty. You couldn't really see them scoring. Uh, lost two one in that one. Um, but yeah, kind of saw it's still it's still fifty fifty whether he's he'll, he'll be there. I think he's um, his loan runs out soon. Uh, hopefully that doesn't get extended and he doesn't play against us. Um, but yeah, it's a game I'm pretty hopeful. Um, They've only won one, one in the last 13. It's one you've got to target for a win, isn't it, realistically? You know, we, yeah. we, we've Especially got, at home as got well. To put, got, got to put the ball in. You, you need a, a good, confident win, keeping up a clean shoot. But I absolutely hate playing Millwall with passion. They're never any good games. It's, mm. They're always hard to break down. You know, you know we get in with Millwall. They are a little bit more creative and... It, you know, with, with the likes of uh, the four players, Wallace and and Bennett and, and Co. Um, I think the first we we not long played him. Obviously, we went to the Den and uh, and we drew there, didn't we? I think drew then. Martin scored, yeah. Yeah, Martin yeah. scored. That was a one. Are you surprised that they didn't play uh, Matt Smith in that game against uh, Mr. Joe Warren? Mm. Yeah, like yeah. last season. Uh, <laughs> oh, great game that. Yeah, hundred percent. But, but I think they did all right. I think the strike partnership was was relatively okay. I think Bar Varson played up front when we was at the Den last time, and uh, he was sort of linking play up with the midfielders, getting Wallace involved. I think also potentially there's been calls out from uh, Millwall Analytics for him to to be playing four three three, trying to get sort of the likes of of Bennett or Parrot or and uh, and Wallace on the other side, closer and higher to the strikers. Um, yeah, they they played through up, up top against Bournemouth. Obviously, only Bournemouth, but they played four three uh, three. Interesting. Yeah, uh, with uh, with Parrot off the left, so up front, and uh, a young lad on the right. Um, so whether they go with that again, not sure. But but yeah, I, like I said, Millwall is always a tough game. You know what you're going to get. It's going to be a battle up front. Um, hopefully, we can get uh, both centre halves in again. Obviously, Warren and McKenna. Hopefully, both those start and uh, sort of. Show the uh, defensive uh, strengths that we showed really against Cardiff. Uh, the air, the sort of amount of aerial duels and clearances that the Forest won in and around sort of our eighteen-yard box, going off uh, the action maps, was was a lot. Especially during that second half, when was penned in for quite a lot. And um, I'm not necessarily saying that Millwall will be penning us in for for a lot, but it'll be and requiring that sort of. Defensive uh, stability at centre half again, so I'm hoping both of those two get in and we can have a good performance with them. Do you think Graben comes straight back in for Taylor after his goal, or it's an interesting one? I really can't, I, can't, I can't I can't separate them really at the moment myself. Uh, very similar, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're both very very similar sort of player. Um, both not particularly in amazing form. I think it probably comes down to looks a bit sharper in training this week. I'm, I'm not too sure myself. I think Taylor. I think Taylor's one of them, arguably, who offers more off the ball. Mm. I think. I think. I think Grubbin's good at holding play up and you know doing that side of the game. But I think Taylor in the air, Taylor's work rate. I think he often makes chances for himself. Um, so I think. When a striker scores goals, I think you need to. I think it's all about getting goals and confidence into him. So I'd personally start. Um, I start Taylor. To be honest, I think Grubbin's being given this season what he needed all last season. That's genuine competition, um, and I've, I've been hoping that um, the introduction of Taylor and the addition of Taylor to the club would give him a kick up the backside. Obviously, it's not worked too well for injuries and uh, in that respect. But you look at what he did against Sheffield Wednesday at home as well when he came on as a sub. Um, and obviously got got the goal. So, um, but I hate disappointing you. I'll be there. So it'll be a nil nil, no shots on target, and um, <laughs> a point at home. Um, sorry, lads. I'll uh, I'll get that bet on now, then, mate. I'll get that bet on now. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> no complete crosses out of 32. That's, there's your bet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did want to just give a shout out. Um, we've, we've made a, a Twitter account for this uh, wonderful podcast, uh, obviously originally named as well. Uh, so if you want to give us a follow on Twitter at NFSC pod, I uh, hope everyone can remember that and give us a follow. We've got a bit of traction already, actually. 40 followers already. So, uh, so yeah, head over to there and give us a follow. Um, I'm not too sure how, how often or frequent we'll be getting these podcasts out of something that we've not really discussed yet between ourselves. But hopefully you in, uh, enjoyed this first episode and uh, enjoyed a bit of, uh, bit of insight from us. Yep, enjoyed it, lads. Sam, cracking stuff. Cheers, all.